Hey everybody, this is your boy Chris. Uh, I know you guys are kind of looking at how my setup is. It's not the normally normal setup. And because today is going to be a little different on this podcast. Um, for the last week, I've been going through a lot of stuff. So I just kind of want to, it's time to tell my story. And, and this is how I feel like uh I need to go out this the direction I need to go in right now. Um, it's going to kind of be hard to tell my story because honestly, I've been embarrassed by the story. I've, I've, I'm embarrassed of my downfall and the fact that my downfall is the thing that caused my life to be so hard up to this point. And um, luckily, I'm not a person that gives up. Um, but I'm just the older I get, I'm just getting frustrated because it's. It's getting harder and harder. Obviously, being able to take care of my daughter and my family and do the things that I need to do just to have a regular life. I mean, I don't want a regular life, but I'm struggling just to have a regular life. And, and I'm gonna tell you why, That's because it's my story. And um, just bear with me because this is a podcast too and I'm still trying to keep it a little with the, with the branding of my podcast. But I just feel like this is just the opportunity to tell my story. Um, I don't know who's listening, who cares, but hopefully my story can inspire somebody um, or let somebody know that, hey, you ain't the only one going through something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever you guys glean from it, I got to just tell my story. I got to put it out there. I can't hold it in anymore because um, you guys see my Instagram and it, it looks pretty fabulous. And you'll see my social media. It looks pretty fabulous. You know, like I said in my last podcast, we put our best work, you know, out on uh, our social media. And because I'm so good at a lot of things like videography, uh, editing video, graphic design, web design, music production, all the stuff that I'm good at. Um, I've honed these skills over years. I can even fix cars, which a lot of people don't know because I used to fix them with my dad and, and, uh, and um, Gus and Gross and I used to just, I had to fix my own car when I was younger because nobody had money for that. <laughs> so I had to learn how to fix my own car. So I learned these things from um, my father and different skills over the years. Very good at marketing. Just There's a lot of things that I've sat and, and did to make myself valuable. And mind you, these things that make me valuable was as a result of my downfall. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story about my felony. Um, living black with a felon, felony on his record and probably one of the most one of the most difficult things that you can ever do in life um, because you're you're not treated like a citizen. So um, you're not treated uh, based on the content of your character, the things that you get at, you're always looked at for the mistake you made. Uh, so I want I want to talk about that. So um, we're gonna get on it, uh, get on with the show. So um, stay tuned. Um, share this video if you want to. You can like and subscribe to my channel. Obviously, the Wiley Life or Cipher on the Block, where my podcast is. Don't forget where that stuff's at on YouTube, as well as um, on um, all. Of, Anywhere you can get your podcast from iTunes, uh, Spotify, um, iHeartMedia, my podcast is there. So go ahead and subscribe if you guys want to. I talk about a lot of things, love, politics, religion, life, society. But this one is just my story. I just kind of want to put it out there and um, hopefully you guys share it with somebody so somebody can be inspired. We'll be back.
All right, I want to tell you guys the um, story of my felony. Um, this is kind of hard for me because I've been embarrassed for this for over the years that I've had it. Um, not embarrassed because like I feel like I'm like guilty of something. I'm going to speak from the heart, so I know there's a lot of people. Oh, everybody says they're innocent. I don't really care what everybody else says. This is Chris. I'm talking about my case. Um, I'm going to be kind of as transparent and I'm going to tell you what I feel and what I think about it and every step of the way, uh, what happened and how I felt about it. Um, when I was in high school, I was about 17 years old. I met a young lady um, during track season. Um, she happened to be at the time in eighth grade. I was in the 11th grade and um, cool young lady. She was friends with my god sister and I'm not going to name names or whatever. Um, um, and I've always seen her, you know, around the city, around the neighborhood and stuff like that. So, you know, as youngsters, we I came from a smaller town at the time. We were living in Kenosha at the time because we also lived in different other cities as well. But at this time, we were in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And um, cool, cool young lady. We ended up being friends. We all, you know, we're hanging out here and there. And um, obviously, I got wind that she liked at me and everything. And... And I was cool with that, you know. I wasn't really a ladies' man back in those days, anyway. So it was, you know, in a sense, it was a surprise that anybody liked me. So, <laughs> which is weird. So I'm a wholly, totally different person now. But um, so you know, as we hung out, I started liking her. Then over the summer, um, you know, I would see her uh, here and there. Um, come my 12th grade year, we're about to go into training for indoor season track and obviously you know indoor season track is is um um during the cold season during the winter uh so we started pretty much pre-training in october or whatever most of the track team the ones that weren't on the football team at the time um so she uh comes over to that school during that time um actually she came over about Roughly over to my, my high school. My high school started at, so she was in ninth grade at this point. I was in 12th grade. Um, my high school at the time was 10 through 12. So she went to a different high school that was across the city that was 9 through 12. But from that school, you couldn't go to either Tremper or Braffer and run sports or do sports or whatever. So she came over to uh, Braffer, I think it was um, probably around September, October. We reconnected, we started, hit it off. We ended up started, starting to date. We started dating, or what should I say? And um, cool person, we, we uh, this girl's a real good girl. And now mind you, I'm not, there's no way to discredit her or whatever because what happened with me was not her fault. Um, so let's, 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 I wanna stop that right there. Um, I, I do genuinely believe that she liked me, even though we weren't, our relationship wasn't perfect at the time. We were young, dumb, and excited about the world, I guess. Um, but we ended up becoming sexually active. Um, and um, we have obviously had sex throughout our relationship and stuff like that. And come track season, um, outdoor season, we were obviously still dealing with each other. Um, so that year, um, I graduated. So that summer, uh, the police came to me to my job and said, hey, you know, you need to come down to the station. Uh, we need to answer some questions about so-and-so. Uh, 
the girl that I was dating uh, was pregnant and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, really? You know? So I'm like, what is this about? So I'm confused. Obviously, being 18 years old, I didn't know. You know, I didn't even know I was in trouble. I just knew, I just thought at the time that I was going down, at least the way the detective came to me, I was just going down there to, to verify whether I was um, the father of her baby or not, or she, so at the time she was supposed to have been pregnant. Uh, I found out later on that she wasn't or there was no record of it. Um, but that whole idea of her being pregnant was what led to her telling her mom that we were sexually active. Um, and her mama pretty much pressed charges on me. Um, there was a lot going on with her mom at the time. Um, she, I guess she dealt with her own trauma and just some other stuff that kind of fueled her desire to come after me. Um, which that's on her. That's just not a knock on her mom at all, but it's kind of unfortunate, um, that, um, I had to be the brunt of that, um, in my opinion. So. Fast forward, I'm, I go to the, um, the detective, um, go meet the detective down at the pre uh, precinct and he's just in there talking to me about stuff, just asking me about our relationship. Now mind you, I'm totally oblivious. I have friends that told me not to go down there, but me trying to be, oh no, I gotta do the right thing. And, you know, trying to live a life of morality, <laughs> even in the mix of my mess. Uh, Cause I had other stuff going on in my life too, but uh, trying to be moral, I would say. I went down to talk to him. So I went down to talk to him, not knowing they were developing a case against me. And he was asking me how times that we have sex. I told him, oh, we've been, you know, multiple times uh, from the time I was 17 to 18. Um, so next thing I know, I'm getting summons to court on charges of second, second degree sexual assault of a child. And I'm like, wait, what? So my mom and I, my dad, were trying to scramble to find money for a lawyer. We didn't have it. We, my parents were, wasn't the most wealthiest parents. Um, I worked a part-time job at the time, so I didn't really have the money. Like, I didn't have the money to go find. I didn't even know what to do, honestly. I was, I'm 18. Like, I knew nothing about law. Uh, not as much as I know now. I didn't know anything about pretty much anything. I was just like, what? So I get a public defender because I was told to go get a public defender. So I get a public defender and he looks at my case in it and the first thing he says you're gonna have to take a plea i'm like take a plea for what <laughs> like and i'm like no i didn't do anything to this girl i mean this girl this was my girlfriend like you know so i'm confused why they're trying to get me on a rape charge when this girl is saying that she she's not saying that she i raped her or whatever and there was a point during the case where she was literally trying to communicate with me and her mama was dragging her and she was like, no, it's not me. And she was mouthing, no, it's not me, it's my mom. And this is why I was like, you know what, I get it, I get it. Like, I know it's not her. And then reason why I got it at that point was because going back to talking about why my public defender was telling me to take a plea, he was telling me in the state of Wisconsin, she's 15, so it didn't matter. It doesn't matter because a 15 can't consent. And I'm like, wait a minute, I was dating her since I was 17. What are you talking about? Like, he said, oh no, they dropped those charges. And this is, uh, cause I, another part of that is wondering why I was waived to adult court when I we were first about to go to juvenile court, because obviously if it was a, such a crime, I should have been charged as a juvenile, juvenile first. But 
And I'm gonna tell you about that later because I found out why they dropped the times when I was 17 and only got the time when I was 18, one of the times that I was 18. Um, obviously in my report to the police, I told them we have sex multiple times. And she had only said, uh, according to the report, she said I had sex one time. Now, from what I understand, uh, her report was coaxed or it was it was influenced by her mom and whoever, the DA. Um, so at least this is what she was telling me. This is what she conveyed to me when she could. Um, and there was only like maybe one or twice she was able to convey something to me. Um, um, but so they pretty much manipulated my report and and they they put two only two of the times I told him, but then they dropped that one time, and then they only charged me for the time we were sexually active at 18. Um, so my public defender, and here's one thing I want to say, guys: if you ever ever get in any trouble, and I'm not condoning anybody getting in trouble, don't get no public defender because they work for the state and they ain't trying to help you. Like. Every time I've ever had a public defender for anything, they, they didn't try to help. And then they force upon you, even when you try to say, hey, I'm gonna represent myself. Oh no, you need a lawyer. And they don't take you serious when you don't have a lawyer, but if you ain't got no money to, to pay for a regular lawyer, you get a public defender. And sometimes you can use them for the legal jargon, but have them shut up and represent yourself because they're, they work for the state. They don't care whether you win or not, they're gonna get their paycheck anyway. Um, but he kept, uh, my public defender kept pushing this this, this plea, this plea, this plea, this plea. So about a year later, the, the, the case dragged on a year because I just wasn't gonna take this plea because I'm trying to figure out like, why are you trying to convict me? I was a child when I was dating, y'all convicted me as an adult and I've been dating this girl since I was 17, like what? And, and then he, there was something about, well, we, they can waive you to an adult even at 17 and just all this stuff. And I'm like, why are y'all trying to make me an adult? I'm, I'm in high school, I was in high school. Like, I didn't know, like, and I'm not making any excuse for the wrong. I just didn't know I was doing anything wrong. So um, I ended up taking the plea, right? So I wasn't convicted of it. I took a plea with the advice and the pressure, I would say the pressure, because I was pressured, I felt pressured. I felt pressured by the DA, I felt pressured by my lawyer, um, my, not my lawyer, my public defender, to take a plea, because nobody was giving me other, any alternatives. There was nothing they were bringing, no, no laws, no nothing they were bringing up to help represent me. And you're talking to somebody who knows nothing about law, just don't know anything. So I ended up getting convicted, get put, um, I was in jail for six months, 10 years probation for it. Um, and believe me, over the probation time, my life was hell. I was like, oh my God, that, that's a whole nother story. But we're talking about how I got my felony. Um, so as I as I got older, you know, and I, I um, sat in jail for a while, I started reading laws and stuff while I was in there. You know, obviously I wanted to make sure that I was smart <laughs> because I said, this ain't ever happening to me again. <laughs> so. I start reading laws. I start um, um, talking to different lawyers, just asking about some things, you know. And I, I talked to this one lawyer, uh, and this is probably about when I was 21, 22, 23. Um, I talked to this one lawyer, and he looked at the case. He said, do you not know about Romeo and Juliet law? I was like, no. So he gave me that law. Um, there, there could have been a defense for me 
Um, if my public defender would have brought up the Romeo and Juliet law, uh, the fact that I was 17 and I turned 18 while we were dating, that would have not gotten me that charge. Uh, I probably would have got some misdemeanor or something because I, I, at the end of the day, it, a 15 year old cannot consent. I get it. But I wouldn't have gotten a class B, now class BC, I don't even know what, they probably changed the class by now, but a class BC felony that causes me to have to register. And, and, and I wouldn't have something like, oh, I was a sexual predator of a child, right? So, cause that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Even though they say, well, you know, it's technically just the age thing, like a statutory, but just because it was the age. No, but when people see that, they see, oh, he's a predator, you know? So that's not fair to me. And um, so I talked to that lawyer, he told me these things. And then I started looking at some different laws that would have helped me. And I'm just like, by this time, it's past the sexual limitations. I can't really appeal it. I can't really do anything about it. So now I'm living with this felony to this day. And when I tell you, one day I'm gonna talk about the whole idea of probation. Let me give you a little, little uh, probation was held because they, they started off with me in these SOT classes, these sex offender classes and I'm in this room with people who rape people, power rape people. I'm like, what do they got me in a room with? Like, this is not me. So I was ended up, I ended up, the counselor at the time ended up taking me out of that class because he said I did not need it. Um, looking at my case, at least he looked at my case uh, objectively like, yo, like this is not him, right? But there was a second time I was put in that case and then uh, there was this, uh, I was in college at this time and my probation officer was just trying her best to do something. I don't know what her problem was with me. Uh, I, didn't ha I had no problems with any other probation officers. I went through four of them and this one just had some type of problem with me. And she was trying her best to get me put back in jail. Um, so she put me back in these classes and I was saying the same thing I was saying in the first class. I was like, yo, they were trying to get me to say that I stalked this girl, that I manipulated this girl, uh, that I uh, that I preyed on this girl. And I'm like, no, that ain't what it was. This is my girlfriend. What are you talking about? It was in high school. There was one point where it was like, you weren't in high school because obviously it took a year for them to actually convict me uh, or for me to take the plea, I'm sorry, and then get sentenced. It took a year. So by the time I took the plea, I was 19 at the time. Um, and they were talking, about, oh, you did this in it. And then they discharged me for the class and said I was in denial and they tried to put me in jail for it. And this is like, it's just those things. So, and then just like, it, it, it was just so hard. It's so hard to this day. And honestly, here's one good thing about it. It pushed me to be an entrepreneur. And obviously I started, started Speak Music Radio with my, my cousin. And I, at one point I was doing web design and marketing stuff with my own business. Me and my dad was working with Y-Tech and stuff like that. So, because I can't get jobs, I can't, I have a degree, I, I have a lot of experience, um, multiple degrees, uh, uh, a lot of experience, a lot of extra, you know, uh, a lot of certifications, things that I've done that I have skills in. And every time I apply for a job, it's like, background check, I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna get in that. <laughs> like, it, I still fill out for them, but like, it's just, it's, it's just been a struggle. And I'm telling the story now because it's like, I really want to help somebody. I want to, there's more people who are in my situation um, 
that unfortunately made a mistake when they were younger and now they have to live their whole life struggling for what? I have a daughter, you know. Um, I wanna be able to take care of my daughter the way I need to be taking care of her, but I gotta continue to work multiple jobs, still run my business in order just to make a wage that's gonna take care of two people, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I'm a single father. And, and then not only that, it, it, in the next, I'm, I'm gonna be talking about in my next segment uh, how it affects my, um, how it affect my life, but it, it affects me in relationships. Like, like what woman wants somebody with something on their record that may keep them from actually, uh, actually taking care of the family or taking care of the house, you know? You know, people don't look at character anymore. People don't look at driving anymore. They look at, oh, can you do or can you don't? Can you not? What you got with this? And they look at your past and they hold you to your past as if like you, you haven't changed. And, and that's something rather unfortunate. And I'm just at the point now, like, I gotta continue to fight this. I have to get this this out of my off my record. There are some laws in Wisconsin that allow certain things to be taken away. There's there's laws where I can get sealed. There's pardons that I can ask for. There's a lot of things that I can do, but there there aren't any lawyers who are willing. And I've been looking around who wants to take my case because they said uh, I don't know too many cases that is one in that, that situation. And I'm just like it's funny how. Nobody wants to try. So I gotta fight it on my own and I know what I'm doing, but I don't. I know laws, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it's time to start getting on because it's really affecting me really bad right now. The older I get, it's just getting worse and worse. And honestly, y'all see a lot of stuff on my social media. I'm continue to grind. I never stop grinding, but that stuff all look good. All that look good and obviously, you know, I'm out here playing, playing the keyboard for a church and doing what I need to do in my church home. I'm doing my radio show, doing the blog, you know, I have stuff, but the stuff is on the verge of being lost because <laughs> it's like every time I turn around, I, I'm working for these low wage jobs that don't care about their workers. So uh, on top of trying to run a business and trying to get advertisement for the radio show and try to get advertisement for my show. and because that's how you make money on your show and your blogs and your podcast. You have to get sponsors, you know? Um, and not only that, trying to get people to uh, support, you know, support the shows. This, this stuff is hard. It's not easy when you, you have life going on. So I just wanted to let you know, those of you who are out there who probably have that same situation going on, dude, I know it's hard, but keep moving. One thing I do, I keep moving. I don't stop. So keep moving. But in the next segment, I'm going to kind of talk about how it's affected me in my life. I'm really mad at the fact that I, um, in this situation, there wasn't justice done for me. Uh, I didn't have the proper re representation. And to me, that's a testament of a broken legal system now. I believe that our legal system works in most cases now. Uh, I'm not one of those people who believe, oh, the legal system is against you all the time. I don't believe that. But I do believe that there is not an equality in representation when it, because when you don't have money, you can't get proper representation. You, it's hard to get people who is actually going to research the laws to protect you. you. You're stuck with a public defender. And the thing is, a public defender works for the state. And why would somebody from the state fight somebody from the state? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. So guess what? The state is all about convictions. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's their job to get 
The State Department's job is to get convictions. So they're gonna get convictions regardless. They're gonna spin the story to make their case. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem was I didn't have the defense that I needed in order to not have a sentence that's that was uh, not to get sentenced something that was unfair. I shouldn't have been, uh, I shouldn't have gotten a sentence based on a second degree sexual assault when I was a child when this stuff was happening. Um, that's my opinion. That's actually some of the opinions of a lot of the lawyers and um, um, that I've talked to. It shouldn't happen, but it happened. So um, that's how I got my felony. It's embarrassing that I still to this day have to register. Um, I've been actually trying to petition for lawyers to help me to rectify the situation by by getting me off these registries or, or somehow lessening this this felony or sealing my felony or getting a party. I've been working on a lot of things because honestly, I'm not understanding. I'm not a dangerous person. I've never been a dangerous person, but yet I'm being treated like that um, on a regular uh, and losing things. And we're gonna talk about that in the next segment. And it's just, it's sad, I'm just tired. You know, I'm tired of not being able to just have the basic things in life. Like so many jobs, have been denied because of background check. Uh, I even I even uh, applied to, to drive Lyft. Now Lyft has a rule, obviously you don't pick up many minors without their children and stuff like that, but I can't even drive for Lyft because I got that on my felony, on my record. Like what the heck does that have to do with me driving people around or driving, drive, you know, especially when I don't have a history, I don't have any criminal record besides that from when I was 18 years old. So it's like, Where's the break? I was using Airbnb for some years and Airbnb, they just recently canceled my account. I'm like, I called them, I said, why are you canceling my account? Oh, well, according to community guidelines, because you have this on your record. I was like, I've been using Airbnb for the last 10 years. What are you talking about? That's how I travel. That's how I save money. So now I can't even use Airbnb because they're discriminating against something and I've never done anything wrong under Airbnb. I've never disrespected anybody's households or anything under Airbnb. And I've been using Airbnb since forever. So now it's a problem. And, and I'm just like, I'm tired. Like jobs are denying, like I'm services I can't even use and like, I just feel like I'm not even a citizen anymore. I can't. I don't have any rights to do nothing for what? Because I made a mistake in high school. Where's the forgiveness? Where's the okay? Um, this was a high school case. It shouldn't affect my record now that I'm a grown adult with my own child. Like really? Come on, y'all. I could see if I was a repeat offender doing stuff all the time wrong. I, I would. I would see that if I had multiple felonies and stuff like that. Because you have multiple felonies. I mean, come on. You you kind of made your bed. But yo, I made a mistake. It wasn't like I was trying to hurt somebody or, or do something wrong to somebody. I was dating a girl, I liked her. We got sexually active. I turned 18. Does that deserve for me to be convicted of second degree sexual assault of a child? Like, come on, yo. Like, obviously there are laws in Wisconsin that can help get my situation rectified because of the fact that there's a law uh, one of the criteria is because I was in within four years of uh, her a uh, the age. Um, um, they should be able to take me off the registry and actually uh, seal my record or something like that. But nobody wants to take that case, so um, I have to do it myself and I have to figure it out. And it's kind of hard because 
I don't have resources, I don't have money, so um, to do all this and still maintain the little bit I do have uh, housing and taking care of my daughter. It's kind of hard. So, but in my next segment, this is getting long. <laughs> it's going to be a long podcast this time. I just want to kind of tell you the impact of this felony over years and how every uh, thing worked. So bear with me, guys. This is kind of hard because this is my story. I'm embarrassed by this. This is something that like, man, anyways, we'll be back. Question of the day, um, do you think that felons should have some type of forgiveness for their felon where they're able to take it off after a certain amount of time? Um, if you think that's fair, let me know in the comments below. Um, if you have a story, I want to hear your story. We want to talk about your story. Um, I want to highlight you as well if you have the kind of the same struggle in that area um if you have a felon uh felony and, it, and it's kind of hurting your life i want i want to hear about that what do you think you think that um especially if you're like a one-time felon and, and i'm not going to get into multiple felonies but if you're a one-time felon do you think it is okay for uh there to be some type of forgiveness like something like erasing it from your record or something like that um let me know below and um we'll talk about this one day on our lives Okay, guys, I'm going to do this love lesson for today. Um, if you really want to have a good relationship, understand this. Everybody makes mistakes, right? <laughs> and this is fitting for this podcast topic because I, I'm talking about my situation and, and, and my 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 felony situation how it's affected my life look people make mistakes some are big some are small like and i get it people don't want to have anything in their lives to 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 um hinder them from succeeding i get that i get that um but sometimes we got to look past the mistakes of people you know because even those who make mistakes need people to help them rectify their mistakes. Um, take me for instance. Um, I was married, um, um, and you know I disclose my stuff to anybody that I'm with. So I'm not one of those people that hide it because I got it. Look, I got it. I messed up. Whatever. I made the mistake in high school and I suffered for it. That doesn't change the contents of my character. So my character is always been somebody who was kind i love hard all that stuff so just because i have that on in my record doesn't mean i wouldn't be a good man or i wouldn't be supportive i wouldn't be able to take care of uh of uh the woman and stuff like that so we can't look at people's past mistakes and think that they're not worth anything um because that will make it hard. Obviously, the, the problem that somebody or if the mistake um, is bad enough like mine is it does affect the re, uh, relationship um, in a sense. But relationships are all about solutions. Even if 
somebody didn't have something on the record. Who's to say later on somebody might not do a mistake that just detrimental to the lifestyle? Like you can get with somebody who has a Harvard degree and they end up messing up your whole money, y'all end up in a poorhouse. It can happen. Like it happens. I know it happens. I've seen stories. I've read them. You know, I've talked to people who who were on top one day and lost it all. You know, um, but what makes what makes a relationship great when people have mistakes in their life or make mistakes in your life is that the two people come together and they're able to create a solution that circumvents that mistake that makes that mistake something that doesn't affect what they're doing um take it for me like because part of part of what i uh, um struggle with is is obviously job so my finances fluctuate but i had to create my own worth by 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 uh, um, honing the skills that I have, and then starting my own business, so that I have to worry about somebody sitting here telling me that I can't do and I can't like I'm like like I have to speak music radio. I started with my cousin. Um, at one time, I was doing graphic designs and web building for people, and to that that whole thing got on my nerves, and it was in conjunction with my dad. And obviously, my dad's not no longer with us. Um, but uh. But I was doing it and I was making money and I was doing these things and and and, and, I, and being a musician, able to contract with uh, different churches, different bands and stuff to play for them as a musician. I'm able to make my own money because I have skills that make me valuable. So even though I have that mistake in my life, that does not make it that I cannot be a contributing, contributing factor to a relationship. So... Understand this, you might have a man that lives with you. If that man is grinding, he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's pushing, pushing. And people, I get the, the negative comments that are coming. I ain't talking about deadbeats. We talking about men. We're talking about people who own up to responsibility and continue to move forward. Giving them extra help for their mistakes, it's not gonna help. Understand that he made a mistake and work together to make sure those mistakes don't affect your life. And I guarantee you, if he's a good man, he's worth it. That's the love lesson for today. Okay, we're back on this topic. Um, earlier I told you about my felony and obviously my felony is one of those ones that make people look at you sideways like, what do you mean, you know? Um, so I know that there's gonna be probably some backlash from all of this, but I don't care. Um, I've already suffered so much, and at this point, I just, I don't care anymore. Uh, to be honest, um, this this segment is I'm talking about how it affects me, and I'm talking about this today because in this last week and in this last month, just, just so much has happened. I'm constantly working and working and working hard and honing skills out here, filling out applications for things that I know that I qualify. Look, I, I have a degree. You know, um, I should be, I could teach, I could, I could do so many things, but, and, uh, and, and, and like, there's this, uh, one university job that, uh, it was at a, um, what's it, um, community college. And I have the qualifications for that community college. They want somebody who have a bachelor's degree in music, which I do, um, who's, who's, um, who have done Worked in the music industry. Obviously, you guys know that I work in a radio station. I've done interviews. I've done content creation for Speak Music Radio, all the stuff. We're a legitimate station out in, in Wisconsin. And I have these skills. I, I met with artists, interview artists. I know the game. I know how it works. 
you know, so I qualified to teach in, and this actually class is teaching recording, which I do very well. And obviously you can see from the, the quality of sound on my blogs as well as some of the music that I've created. Um, um, so I was denied that job because of the felony. And it's not that, and it's funny, this is a community college. These people are grown. So if we're talking about my felony, which is a, a second degree sexual assault of a child, like there shouldn't be anything. If any, if you were worried about me being dangerous, there's no kids that go to that school. <laughs> Everybody's 18 and up, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, but that's obviously that's not my character, but you can't see that. You wouldn't know that because you won't even give me the interview, you know? Uh, you, you would know that I'm not some sexual predator going around trying to hunt for, you know, I was married, I have my own child, I have a 16 year old that I'm trying to get ready for the world, you know, uh, and nieces and nephews, like, I, I, I'm obviously on the radio, I, you see me all over the internet, so, like, I would be a horrible criminal right now, I'm all over the internet, <laughs> anyways, um, that was funny, uh, but, um, my resume, very impressive resume in my opinion. Yeah, I'm tooting my horn. And like, I have these skills to do that and I'm, I'm being denied because of that felony. And I'm just like, for the life of me, like, really? I know there are some jobs I don't even fill out for because I know I'm not gonna get them. Um, but the minute I fill out a job and I see background check, I just be like, Ugh. I still fill out anyway, but guess what? Obviously they're not gonna tell you. Most jobs don't tell you that they they denied you because of background check, you know, because technically in some states, they, it's kind of discrimination and they can't do it. Uh, but the way to get around it is, oh, we're gonna go with other, uh, other uh, uh, clients that are more qualified. And when you see my resume, you're gonna be like, what? Because <laughs> I'm sure I'm one of the top tier candidates in a lot of the places that I fill out for. I know this, there's no way in the world I'm not one of the top tier. Um, but that's what they do. Um, so over the years, it's just been getting harder and harder to obtain the proper employment for the level of education and knowledge that I have. And, have to, uh, and having to work jobs like Starbucks and Taco Bell and some of these factory jobs I, I don't even they that have high turnover rates. It's like it's sickening. Like I have I just want to be comfortable. Like that's it. I just want to have a nice income. I mean, I want to eventually be a millionaire, just be honest. I want to be a millionaire. That's why I got my own business. I want to grow my business where I'm providing jobs for people. That's my goal. But if that dream never gets realized, which I don't accept. I, I still need to be able to take care of situations now and I need to make enough money. I live in California, guys. This is, you, you ain't getting by on one income. This is not, especially when I'm a single father taking care of a child right now. Um, you're not finna get by on one income. So, like, so I'm constantly out looking for either a job that can pay me at the level that I need to get paid or I have to work like two or three jobs, right? But it's hard to get them because of my background check. Um, and this has been an ongoing thing. And then, and it's funny because I have to settle for these little small minimum wage jobs and I'm working multiple minimum wage jobs to even break 40,000 a year, you know, stuff like that. Um, doing freelance stuff like making 
making uh, uh, helping people with the podcast or helping people recording when when that's available. All this stuff is it's it's just it's I'm sorry guys, it's hard and I this is the outcome of having a felony on record. So I if if you are out here doing something illegal and you look and look at this podcast podcast, let me tell you, not worth it. <laughs> Not worth it. Let me tell you from someone who wasn't trying to live a bad life. Now, there, I, I, again, I said earlier, there is a part of my life where I was living pretty foul dealing with gangs. And we're going to talk about that story uh, a little bit later. But this is just all about my felony. Because when I caught my felony, I was literally, I, was, I said, you know what? I had just came out of that gang stuff and I was like, yo, this this ain't gonna work for me. <laughs> like, cause I was a church boy. You're like, I was on the keyboard every Sunday. My dad's a pastor, my uncle's a pastor, my grandpa's a pastor. So that gang life wasn't gonna work for me. <laughs> so I was coming off of that, trying to live right, and that happened. Uh uh so and then obviously I had some stints where I kind of went back to dealing with gang stuff and all that stuff. And that's another story. Um but I just the, living with this felony has been such a challenge. Uh, um, it's been a challenge of how I deal with people in relationships. Like um, the question of whether I can take care of the family with the felony on my record comes up a lot when I'm dealing with females and in relationships, and and it sucks because you know. I get lonely. I, I want some love. It's not that I'm, I, I, I believe that I'm a pretty good looking dude. Um, <laughs> but anyways, but, and I believe that, that, that I'm nice and, uh, and I don't know anybody that has it, but um, I believe one of the reasons why and uh, uh, my ex-wife left was because of that very thing, questioning whether I can really uh, uh, reach those goals with that on my record. And I just, and it's sad because I, I was happily married, y'all. I just want y'all to know I was happily married. Now, mind you, again, I don't want anybody looking at my ex as, oh, she was bad or whatever. She, her reasons are valid. I get it. I respect it. Yes, it hurt. But me and her are still to this day friends and we're cool, like no hard feelings, you know? Um, she had her reasons and I respect those reasons. That's just one of the kind of pers person I am. Like, hey, it, it sucks because I wish, you know, obviously we stayed, but it didn't. So out here, you know, and, and did I know I can see it in my daughter's face. She wishes that I had somebody in my life. And um, even when I'm dating, she she's like, oh, who is? She's excited about who I'm dating and to tell her that it doesn't work out. It's sad, you know, uh, but the difficulty of it is it's on just another magnitude. Another thing that is effective is housing. Like sometimes I get denied for apartments. I get denied for certain neighborhoods. Like certain neighborhoods don't want people like me in there. Like, well, I ain't gonna say like me, but people with that type of felony on record because they don't know who I am. They didn't sit down and get to know me. Like, um, uh, like there's even positions in some churches now. I have to steer away from churches who do background checks. Like, it's crazy. The most supposedly forgiving people, but I get it. They have to stay face with the community and stuff like that. Nobody wants to have to explain. Now, I didn't ask anybody to explain my felony in her, 
if they have to. Uh, I never ask nobody to do that. They just take it upon themselves and believing that they had to explain to the community why they hired somebody with this felony instead of just coming to me like any normal person. Hey, what's that about? You know, because I gladly, I'll gladly tell people like this is what happened. Whether you believe it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether you got these people like me too, people coming in like, oh, you're a rapist and you're always be. Now, I don't care what you think. You weren't there. You don't know what was going on. You know, so at the end of the day, um, I personally, I'm just at a point where I need to get this handled. Yes, I today, as I'm doing this podcast, this is still on my record and this is still affecting me and it sucks because I'm doing everything possible to grow in wealth, to, to just even get to a comfortable state with wealth, including continuing my show, trying to get supporters for the show, uh, trying to get people to um, um, to buy into what I'm doing. Like um, It's hard because sometimes people don't care about certain things. And I get it, when you've when you got your own life struggles, who's gonna sit and watch a video all day? Who's gonna sit and watch me? I get it. That's, that's what happens. But I hope that you would because, you know, I'd be talking about some good things. I think I, I have some great advice from everything that I've learned over the years. Um, um, and then, like, even continuing music. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting too old to do music. But, you know, then I see somebody come out who was older than me who's still doing music. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should go ahead and just kind of go with the gusto. Uh, <laughs> but it's a challenge, guys. And... And I will say this, I am looking for help. So if you know any lawyers and anybody who will help me with this case, uh, or anybody who wanna help me get finances to get a lawyer for this case, uh, to help fight for this, um, I'm, I'm always looking for help. Um, if you don't, I'm still gonna fight it, really. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, depending on somebody to help me because I've been doing that too many years, depending on somebody to help me and nobody comes to my help. Um, it's just been me, you know, and I just don't think people care enough, to be honest. I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting real on this podcast and just kind of, I just don't think nobody cares enough about people like me who made mistakes, you know. Um, I see that there's this big, I'm applauding Trump. Yeah, I am applauding Trump. So y'all can just, y'all can get mad all you want to, but at least he's doing something about prison reform. Now, I don't necessarily like everything about it right now because I'm like, you know, some people don't deserve reform, but there are people who do. And I think there should be some type of um, system in place. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about that in my next uh, segment when I get political. Um, but I think there should be a system in place for people like me, first-time felons, one-time felons, who are out here trying to be good citizens because we don't feel like citizens. And at the end of the day, we're still a, we're still a base of people. Um, I'm not. I'm. Uh, I know that. Um, I'm not sure about laws on voting with felons, but I don't. If your case is over, I think you can vote. But um, don't quote me on that. I know some states you can't. Um, if you're in certain states, you cannot. Um, but I, in a federal, I think you still can. Um, if you're out of your case, you don't have any pending sentences and stuff like that, or you're not on probation and stuff like that. But I, I'm gonna look into that. Don't quote me on that. Um, 
But if it's not, they should be able to. I think that once you serve your time, you should be able to become a citizen and have your rights back. Um, and you you go, you you have a, a extended years without recommitting a crime or committing any crimes. I think that there should be some type of process where you can get your citizenship back. And it shouldn't be this hard where I'm struggling, where I can't get a judge to look at my case fairly or I can't find anybody who can help me like I just talked to this last lawyer. I know I'm rambling now, but I just talked to this lawyer um, in Wisconsin. I'm like, hey, so I'm looking for somebody to help me with this case. This man just said, oh, I'm sorry, I won't take that. I don't know any lawyer that would take that because those cases are always losing cases. And I get it, lawyers don't want to lose cases. That's that's not how they make their money by lost cases. And he said, I can't. Um, this one was honest with me. He said he can't take the heartbreak of it not working out. And he doesn't know too many cases who have won and gotten that situation rectified. And to me, that's a shame. That's a shame, especially when there's laws in Wisconsin that allow for it. So, and I'm not understanding why, if there's laws that allow for it, we have judges that won't rule in that favor if that person has shown himself to be upstanding, such as I. Like, obviously guys, I'm on the internet. You can see everything, Chris Conscious, The Wiley Life, uh, Cypher on the Block, Speak Music Radio. You see me out here working to be, a, uh, to be a viable part of society and to be in society. But honestly, it's been hard. And honestly, it's even affected relationships. It's hard for me to, to connect with people because I don't wanna have to explain my felony to people for them to to trust that I'm a good person. Like nobody has to do that unless they have a felony. And I'm sorry, I, you should see me for my character, but people don't, the minute, the minute they hear, oh, you got a felony? It don't matter how good I was or how good I was acting or how friendly I am and, or how, how, how much I'm doing society to help society, they can't see past that felony and that's not fair. Um, and they don't want to, and you know what? I guess, because they didn't make the mistakes, they can't put themselves in your shoes. So, when I get back, I'm gonna talk about the political end of this thing um, and about Trump's uh, prison reform laws. So, and what I think should happen. <laughs> we'll be back. All right, we're back. And I always start off saying that, you know, I'm not Republican, I'm not Democrat, I am Christocratic, and I like common sense politics. And that's what I try to be, common sense politics. I try to look at both sides. Um, one thing, uh, and, and I know a lot of people don't like Trump, but my nose is really itching right now. Um, I really don't care what you don't like. Um, I don't have a problem with him, never had. I don't care if he's racist or not. That's not even my concern. Because if that's, if that's the case, if that's the deciding factor, then I don't like any of our politicians because they're all racist. They're all white and rich and they don't care, right? So I don't really believe that one politician is more racist than the other. I, I just, and if they are, it's not something I care about as long as their policies are not uh, keeping me from living um so i kind of look into the policies more than i look at what people are claiming people to be so i just want to put that out there because some of y'all probably like oh he said he liked trump and all that stuff i never hated the man i never liked the man i just 
he's just Trump. I don't really care. Like, he's a celebrity to me. You know, just like I don't really care for any celebrities. It's not like I like a celebrity. I don't even know them. Like, I like what celebrities do. And at this point, some of the things that Trump do, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Job growth, I kind of like it. You know? And, and that's all I care about. Job growth, That's I kind of like it. You know? Some, there's a lot of things I can go through as accomplishments, but this is not the point of this. Uh, this the point of this is prison reform. And we're talking about prison reform because Trump uh, recently signed an executive order, uh, or actually I think it was put into law, if I'm not mistaken, on prison reform because he had bipartisan uh, uh, support for it. And, um, and the fact that um, he has been pardoning people that deserve to be pardoned. And I thought that was really cool because I was like, there's not many governors right now that are doing that. Like, especially in Wisconsin, like, I remember Scott Walker, um, bless his heart, you know, there, there's some things I like that he did and there's some things I hate that he did. Like he got rid of the pardon board right when I was positioning for my pardon. He got rid of the pardon board. There was a board of people who sat through all the pardons and investigated and looked at who deserves to be pardoned. Now, that board is gone in Wisconsin. And I guess the new governor has not put that back that I know of. Um, I have to still look into it, but um, I think it's kind of unfair. Like, again, you took away the system that allowed people who messed up in life to get a second chance, you know? Um, and I'm sorry, second chances are something I agree with. I know that most conservatives or, or people don't believe in second chances, but I don't care. That's one thing I don't like about conservatives and Republicans, second chances. Like some people do deserve, I'm sorry. That's called social part. That's the part that I think the Democrats got right. Is some people deserve second chances. Why are we not giving second chances? I'm talking about to the ones that deserve it. And it's easy to sift them, them out. I'm sorry, it's real easy. People who have say, like me, who messed up in high school and has never committed a crime in his whole adult life. Hello? But anyways, <laughs> I, I, I like that fact and I think we should ask people, petition more of our states to put second chance policy in our state legislations. Not just federal, because it's not just federal's job. It's, it's, it's the state's job, too, because the states make their own laws. And, uh, and states are allowed to have their own laws that govern their states. So there's different laws in different states for different things. Excuse me. So they should be able to do the same. So here's what my second chance law will look like, will start to look like. Now, obviously, this won't be like all of the answers. I won't have all the answers for everything and, and statistical, but here's a start. This is what I think should happen. I think that second chance program or uh, some type of reform should be with people who have one felony and who has only committed one felony. And I'm just starting here. I haven't looked at any other case. I'm looking at people who have one felony and who has displayed a consistent behavior of citizenship, like true citizenship, where they're following laws. Um, and I'm not talking about traffic laws, I'm talking about they have not been convicted of any violent crimes, uh, felony or misdemeanor, or been charged for anything that has to do with putting society into danger and stuff like that. And we know the big ones, the big ones. Um, 
uh, not no little stupid traffic oh i i i i accidentally run a stop sign that that would be stupid you know <laughs> those are municipal we're not talking about municipal uh uh, uh charges we're talking about crimes uh civil charges like things like murder and rape and stuff like that um drunk driving and stuff like that that that's one of the driving things that need to be in it but um i think that if that person uh say he he had a felony you can review his felony within 10 years uh that 10 year felony uh you give them uh um uh there should be something in place i don't know what that is or what it would look like that will take some research but there should be some kind of provisional thing to to say okay we can like or something like we'll seal your 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 felony not necessarily take it off your record because seal just means it cannot be seen by employers so then within 20 years time like so after 10 years you can apply for a seal for your record or well, i honestly think that that seal should be mandated after 10 years of not committing a crime from your last crime and you've been an upstanding citizen there should be a mandated seal on somebody's record. It should be. And it could be, it could be provisionary of age. It could say, okay, if this crime was before you turned the age of 25, like I'm, I'm down for age, age criteria, you know, but 10 years from a felony, you ain't committed any felonies or any uh, major misdemeanors. Boom, seal the record automatically. Then come 20 years down the road, you kept up that behavior, then it could be removed from your record. I'm okay with that. That to me is good second chance policy. Why is nobody advocating for that? You allowing people who made a mistake, not, not deliberately do, and, and this is where, 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 where it's, it could be, it could definitely be something that is looked at. There are people who messed up, like I made a mistake, not cognitively tried to hurt somebody. I made a mistake. <laughs> Unaware of the mistake that I made. Like in my situation, I get it. The law says you're grown, a 15 year old cannot consent. I was 18. Well, the one they charged me for was the 18 one. They got rid of the ones from when I was 17. They charged me for the, the 18 one. And that's it. Fine. You charged me from the time the 18 and she was 15. The sad thing, I was still in high school. So there's some laws about that too, from what I understand. But you should be able to say, okay, this wasn't something he deliberately did. Knowing that I was dealing with this girl before I turned 18. The courts know this. This is, this is in the report. Before I turned 18. I was dealing with this girl. This was my girl. We were friends. We were this and this and that. So I made a mistake. It, and and it, it wasn't that I, I, I stalked her or, or, or preyed on her or all that stuff. No. It was simply, you were 18, she was 15. That's why I got that charge. That was all it was about. Nothing else. So... You can say, you can make laws towards people who made the mistake and say, okay, this is a situation where somebody made a mistake. He should not have to go through his whole life struggling because of a mistake. We can give that type of person a second chance. 
and go through that that process that I was talking about. Like, okay, let's look at his 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 behavior over ten years. Has he committed any crimes? Is he being upstanding? Is he doing this and this and this? And I'm like, that'll be something okay. And then obviously the twenty years. That to me is a compromise. That will be my policy. So vote for Chris for president. <laughs> no, but uh, I really would like to see that happen because um, maybe that's something I should advocate for. Um, they may need to talk to a legislator or something, something, yeah, because at this point, I'm, I'm desperate because uh, I'm, I'm ready just to live my life. I want to be a citizen again. I want my life back. I want to be able to give my daughter what I didn't have. And right now, I'm not in that position. So. We out here in these streets. We are now at the end of this podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening to my rhetoric. Um, again, again, I'm looking for that help. So if you guys have, uh, shoot me an email, you know, chris at speakmusicradio.com or you can uh, 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 send an email to thewileylife at outlook.com. Um, you can e- email one of those or inbox me in one of my social media accounts, The Wiley Life or Cypher on the Block. Hey, I'm looking for any help. Anybody who want to throw some help at me for my situation. And then not only that, if somebody want to help me jump on this policy that I'm talking about, because I'm starting to think that's a good policy to put in place. We need to be advocating for this. I'm down with starting that movement. Um, let's talk about it. Let's get it going. Like, let's do this. Like, I... I don't need no credit for it. If somebody is listening to this and they're like, ooh, I need to start writing that. Go ahead and write it. Like, I'll put it out there in the universe for people to do because all I care about at this point is that somebody, that people are being treated fairly in America. And America is great for a reason. And I believe that America is a great country. And it's because people like me can bring up this issue and it can be uh, something that people take seriously and do something about. So, uh, Let's, let's help our people, especially our young black men and our young minorities, um, and even some white people too who fall into that. Like, I think it should be fair for everybody. I mean, I know that they say, <laughs> I'm just gonna say they say, that most other cultures kind of get a little bit more break than most minorities. But um, if that's true, it's still, a law affects everybody. It should affect everybody the same. So let's, let's get a law in place that, that helps because we have a lot of our minority men who are in my situation where I made a mistake. Like, can I have my life back, please? I made a mistake. Can I have my life back, please? (laughs) So, um, thank you. We out here in these streets.